Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Then the Lord encouraged Moses with two other signs, proving nothing was outside of his power. Moses said to the Lord, I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, Lord, please send someone else. Then the Lord said, What about your brother Aaron the Levite? Moses travelled back to Egypt with his family, and the Lord sent Aaron to meet Moses in the wilderness on his way. Moses told Aaron all the Lord had sent him to say, and the signs he'd commanded him to perform. They gathered the Israelite elders together, and when the elders heard what God had said to Moses and the signs he'd given, they bowed down and worshipped God because of his concern for the people of Israel. Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go, so that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? That same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and overseers in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw, but require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. That's why they're crying out, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Make the work harder for the people so that they keep working and pay no attention to lies. The Israelites scattered all over Egypt to gather straw, and Pharaoh's slave drivers punished the Israelite overseers because the people could no longer meet their brick-making quotas. The Israelite overseers appealed to Pharaoh, but he declared that they were lazy and sent them back to their work. At this, the overseers became angry at Moses and Aaron, accusing them of inciting Pharaoh and his officials against the people of Israel. Moses returned to the Lord and said, Why, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? God said to Moses, I am the Lord. Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians, and I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Hello. 
Well, hello and uh, welcome to you uh, in all our centres, wherever you're watching. Fantastic to be gathered together today and to be continuing this series, uh, looking at the life of Moses, looking particularly at encountering uh, the living God. And what an amazing series it is to be doing during this summer season. Uh, Whatever we're up to right now in the midst of barbecues or uh, enjoying sports or trips to the Costa del Norfolk, anyone else enjoying that? No, it's only me. Cool. Whether you're going there or not, uh, isn't this an amazing time to also be focused on taking time individually and as a body uh, to be encountering the living God once again? What an amazing opportunity for us. And so let me just kind of catch us up a little bit on the story so far. Uh, We've seen that our hero, Moses, was born into persecution, wasn't he? He was plucked out uh, literally of the river. He was was placed in the palace. Uh, God had a plan for his life. Things didn't always go to plan, but God was faithful. And then last week we saw, uh, as Pastor Dave unpacked the next segment of the story, that Moses had an amazing encounter with the living God. He met Jesus Christ, the pre-incarnate Jesus himself, in a burning bush. And in that encounter, God gives Moses a mission. He says, look, I want you to go back to Egypt, and I want you to set my people free. Isn't that amazing? Now, does anyone remember the name that we uh, described God as? The name used for God last week. Here's a a quick clue. My way or Yahweh. Fantastic. I thought you'd you'd get that really quickly. Um, Yahweh is a name rich with meaning, mentioned over 6,000 times in the Old Testament alone. And it means the name uh, of God. It, it, It really means this is who he is. It's God saying, I am who I am. I will be what I will be. I will be what you need me to be when you need me to be it. In short, and here's the phrase that we're going to be returning to again and again, it's God saying, I am more than enough for you. I'm more than enough for you. And as we look today at Exodus chapters 4, 5, and 6, we're going to see that that reassurance from Yahweh to Moses, I'm more than enough for you, is absolutely necessary. Moses is going to feel very, very inadequate in chapter 4. In chapter 5, we're going to see that Moses experiences some tough times. And by the time later in chapter 6, when the Lord uh, returns to Moses and says, I'm Yahweh, I'm the Lord, we're going to see Moses really needs to hear, I am more than enough for you. So, so firstly then, today, let's consider how Moses finds himself feeling inadequate. And let's consider how God is more than enough when we feel inadequate. I wonder whether you've ever felt inadequate uh, in life. Some of, you, some of you violently shaking your heads there. And, uh, and not, not, not me, I've never felt inadequate. Well, may, maybe some of us are slightly more um, honest or self-aware. Here's a couple of synonyms to jog the mind, uh, if you're not quite sure if this applies to you. Um, uh, here we go. Um, not enough, insufficient, um, lacking. Uh, m- maybe those things uh, ring a bell with you. And, and it's easy to look at Moses and to assume that, that Moses is some sort of superhuman superhero, isn't it? Uh, after all, we're doing a series in the summer about Moses. He must be an amazing kind of guy. And, and in the video we saw with the beard and everything and the staff and the, the power pose, he looks all put together, doesn't he? Uh, but actually, in Exodus chapter 4, we see a Moses racked with feelings of inadequacy. 
absolutely racked with feelings of inadequacy. How, how do we know this? Well, in Exodus chapter 4, Moses has a fairly short conversation with the Lord. Moses says four things to the Lord, and three of them are either reasons why he doesn't want to do what he's been asked to do, or simply Moses saying, I'm not doing it. Now, now if, if you and I were interviewing somebody for a job, and, and three of the four things they said in response to us were either reasons why they didn't want to do it, or reasons why they simply couldn't do it, we'd probably think, gosh, this person feels really inadequate. In fact, if, if I was interviewing, I'd actually go elsewhere. Uh, but, but Moses continues to be called by the Lord. Moses feels inadequate, but God continues to call him. L- l- listen to what Moses says in response to the Lord's call. He says, they won't believe me or listen to me. They're, they're just not going to believe me, he says. Moses says, I've, I've never been a good speaker. Uh, you want me to go and speak to Pharaoh and the Egyptians? I've never been good at doing that kind of thing. And then finally, Moses just gives up and says it how it is. He just says, please send someone else. I've given you my reasons. Please, please send someone else. And to be fair to Moses, Moses has got some quite legitimate reasons why he doesn't want to do the thing God is calling him to do. Moses, by this point in the story, is 80 years old. And now you can be used mightily by God at age 80. There are some wonderful heroes in the Old Testament who were used incredibly all throughout their lives. But Moses, aged 80, probably isn't thinking he's about to begin his international deliverance ministry. He's he's probably thinking, actually, it's probably time for me to put my feet up, and yet that's precisely when God calls him. Moses has what you might describe as a colourful past, right? He's he's probably slightly too old, maybe, for for what the Lord would be calling him, but also he's got a colourful past. The last time he was in Egypt, he killed someone. He obviously doesn't want to go back there. His face is probably still over the posters. He's probably still a wanted man, and so he has a colourful past. But as Dave mentioned last week, God called Moses. God called Moses, the great I am, Yahweh, the God who's more than enough, called Moses. And the God who's all-powerful knows who he calls. And the God who makes no mistakes chose Moses deliberately. God chose Moses, not because Moses was the best man for the job, but because God wanted to use him. And he wants to use each and every one of us as well. Isn't that an incredibly powerful and liberating truth to take hold of today? And and as I've been preparing uh, this message, this whole theme of inadequacy has really felt quite uh, personal for me. Um, Last week, Dave spoke, didn't he, about how Sometimes when it comes to the call of God, we can fall into one of two ditches, um, underconfidence or overconfidence. And a couple of weeks back, I was having a conversation with Dave and a few others, and Dave said, Steve, which ditch do you resonate with most? And I said, well, to be honest, Dave, I'm pretty well acquainted with both. I think I kind of know what it is to be underconfident and overconfident, and it's easy, isn't it, to veer between the two, and maybe that's something that resonates uh, with you as well. Um, But in my own life, Over the past six months, my wife and I are based down in London, part of the community um, there. I've resonated probably more with feeling inadequate, uh, underconfident, inadequate, and finding myself in that ditch there. I I, I found myself at, at times thinking, gosh, if this all depends on me, if life all depends on me, when there are frustrations and unseen challenges and things that don't go how we expect them to go and things that we thought would go really well and maybe don't go quite as well, I found myself thinking, if this all depends on me, we're all in trouble here. 
actually I found myself feeling a bit inadequate. What, what, what I'm talking about here is, is more than simply the feeling that life isn't going to plan. A- Andrew covered that, didn't he, uh, two weeks back. I- I'm talking about a kind of deeper sense of internal failure, disappointment with yourself, which can actually, over time, it, it, it can actually impact our sense of self. It, it can impact our confidence, and that's precisely where we find Moses today. You see, sometimes in life we we can feel inadequate because there are things out there that aren't going well and and in a sense it's easy to locate the problem elsewhere. Sometimes we can feel inadequate because things in here aren't going well and you can think, gosh, perhaps the problem is me. Maybe this year you found yourself in a similar place. Maybe you've experienced situations. Maybe businesses didn't work out like you hoped. Relationships didn't work out like you hoped. Maybe you've experienced divorce or, or, or the grades you hoped for weren't the grades you got, or the relationship you were hoping for didn't get off the ground or broke up too soon. And it's possible, isn't it, in these situations to come to the conclusion, the problem is me. I am not enough. And yet, if you find yourself in that position today, I'm here to tell you there is amazing hope for you. How how do we know this beyond a shadow of a doubt? Because Moses found himself in precisely that place. And yet Moses was a man who fulfilled the call of God on his life and the purposes that he was put on the earth to fulfill. Moses most, most clearly expresses his sense of inadequacy to the Lord in, in chapter 4, verse 10, when he says, Pardon your servant, Lord. I've, neither, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and of tongue. In other words, Moses comes to the Lord and he says, look, I know you've called me, but actually, let me tell you about my weakness. Let me tell you, Yahweh, the God is more than enough, something you may not have noticed. I'm not very good at public speaking. Now, now how does the Lord respond to him? The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. Isn't it really interesting that when Moses goes to the Lord with his problems, his explanations or excuses as to why he can't do what God has already called him to do, the Lord doesn't even acknowledge them. Moses goes with his reasons, doesn't he? I'm not very good at public speaking. The Lord doesn't say, yeah, Moses, with practice, I believe in you. I think you've got it in you. I I, I think actually there's great potential. I see something in you that I... No, the Lord just says, hang on a minute, Moses. Let's focus less on you. How about we focus on me? I'm the God who's more than enough. You might not be very good at public speaking, but I'm the one who gave you your mouth. You might not have what it takes, but I'm the God who's more than enough for you. Maybe it will help you. Maybe right now in your life, you've got a sense of inadequacy and it will help you to put your own situation into this conversation with Moses. Maybe you're sat there thinking, God has called me to talk to other people about Jesus. That is true. Maybe you're thinking, do you know what? I, I, I feel like I've not got the boldness. I, I, I feel like, what, what if my friend asked me a tough question I've, and I've not read the right book or I've not got the wisdom to speak into that situation? Imagine you right now taking that inadequacy to Yahweh. What would God say in response? I've got all the boldness you need. I'm Yahweh. I'm more than enough for you. Maybe right now you're thinking, God has called me to pray for a colleague at work who's not well. 
God's called me to pray that, that, that there could be healing in that situation. But, but actually, I'm, I'm a bit afraid. What, what if they say no to me? What if they don't like me? What, what would Yahweh say to you? I'm the God who's more than enough for you. I'm able to give you the strength and the opportunity and the courage and the boldness to step into that situation. Maybe right now you're like, I, I want to join a life group. I just need to know some more people in church. I need to join a life group, but I'm shy. What if people don't like me? What would God say to you? If I've called you to do it, I'm Yahweh. I'm the God who's more than enough. I'll give you the courage and the confidence and the opportunity. Maybe you're sat here and actually all this runs a bit deeper and you're just feeling, I've failed too much in my life to ever be used again by God. What would Yahweh say to you? The God who's more than enough. I'm Yahweh. Your future is bigger than your failure. I'm more than enough for you. You see, whenever we come to God with our inadequacy and we present it to him like a reason why we can't do what he's asked us to do, it's like we're saying to the Lord, I hear what you're saying, but the problem is me. How does the Lord reply? He says, I see what you're saying, but the solution is me. Take your eyes off yourself. Put your eyes onto Yahweh. I'm more than enough for you. Let's focus more on who I am. I was listening recently to a, a man uh, talking, a man called Nick Vujicic. Uh, he was born in 1982 uh, with no arms and no legs. Uh, and Nick Vujicic said that if you had told him years ago that he was going to be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ all over the world, he would have said, I, I don't believe you. And yet that's precisely what's happened. Nick Vujicic, a man born with no hands and no feet, no arms and no legs, has written books, speaks all around the world, has a family. In fact, I was looking, we, we couldn't find it, but I was actually looking for a picture of him surfing because he also surfs. I mean, he's just an extraordinary man who had limitations and yet took them to the Lord. And Yahweh, the God who's more than enough, said, I'll be more than enough for you. And he says that to us today as well. The great news about Moses is Moses changes his mind and chooses to agree with God over agreeing with his own inadequacy. And aren't you glad that Moses did that? Because Moses changed his mind, he saw the Red Sea split in two. He shepherded not only his father-in-law's sheep, fun as that was, I'm sure, he shepherded the entire nation of Israel. Millions and millions of people, the future destiny of the people of Israel and the whole of humanity was secured because Moses chose to agree with the Lord over his internal sense of inadequacy because God was more than enough for Moses. And, and because he chose to agree with God, his confidence actually grew. By the time, 40 years later, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, Moses is about to give his final sermon. He, he says this, he says, right now I call the sky and the earth to be my witnesses. In other words, Moses is saying, look guys, what I'm about to say is so good, everything on heaven and on earth, listen into this. God absolutely equipped Moses for what he called him to do. Inadequacy is a reality. It is for you, it is for me, and it was for Moses. But in the words of a fantastic 19th century Scottish preacher, let me encourage us, for every look we take at ourselves, to take 10 of Christ. Because he's more than enough for each and every one of us. And when we agree with that reality over our own circumstances, we can step into our future with hope, joy, and nothing to prove. God is more than enough when we feel inadequate, but he's also more than enough when life gets tough. And Gally is going to share more, so let's welcome her. Thank you so much. 
Now, the second thing for us to consider today as we talk about the God who is more than enough is that God is more than enough in tough times. Isn't it amazing today to be reminded that God truly is more than enough, that he will be to his people, that's us, you and I, who we need him to be when we need him to be it. As we look at the truth today that God really is more than enough in tough times, I want to start by sharing a bit of my story with you. Um, I've been in church now for around 10 years since I first said yes to Jesus and became a follower of him. And I wasn't raised in church before that. I was actually brought along to Kingsgate in my early teens and I got involved with youth here at Kingsgate and Honestly, I encountered the love of God in a way that totally transformed my life when I was 15 years old. I've received new purpose, new identity, and a new sense of belonging through faith in Jesus. And it really has rewritten my whole story. Uh, My whole story has been changed by the love of God in the context of this church family. And I am so thankful. God is so good. But how many of you know that life isn't without its challenges still? And uh, this is something personally that I've become more familiar with over the last few months. Because a few months ago, I received a call out of the blue to say that two of my close friends from university had been in an accident while they were on holiday. And tragically, they'd both died. It was so unexpected. And um, while I'm thankful that both of my friends love Jesus with their whole hearts, so death's not the end for them, and they have eternal life with him, the truth is that nothing prepares you for that kind of shock and sadness on this side of eternity. How many of you know that life is very real, and sometimes we can be faced with tough times in unexpected and heartbreaking ways? But the truth is that there aren't always obvious answers or quick fixes. I remember after receiving that news about my friends, I simultaneously had these questions of, is it real and why did it happen? There aren't obvious answers or quick fixes to the tough times that we can face. But the truth is that we really can encounter the God who's more than enough right in the middle of living faithfully and obediently even when tough times come. I wonder if that resonates with you because maybe you're here today and you really would love to believe that God is more than enough. But actually you're in the middle of a tough time. Maybe it's a tough time that's come recently or perhaps it's been an extended season of life for you. Maybe you're struggling with a work situation or unemployment or it's a relational or financial or or just an ongoing kind of challenge in your life, maybe with health. And you're maybe like me, perhaps you've experienced loss, whatever it may be, but maybe you in the middle of living faithfully and obediently to the Lord, you're experiencing some of life's lowest and toughest moments. And it's in the middle of those situations, isn't it, where war can get waged on our hope and our confidence in the goodness of God, in the truth of who he said he is and who he's promised to be to us. But the truth is that we still can experience that he's more than enough. Even when tough times can rob us of our confidence that God is more than enough, that he is our restorer and our deliverer and our healer and our redeemer and our comforter and so much more. I believe the Lord wants to restore faith today. Faith for you that if you're walking through a tough time right now, he is the Lord and he will be to you all you need him to be as you need him to be it. 
As we saw in Exodus chapter five, Moses was certainly experiencing that reality that in the middle of faith and obedience, you're not necessarily exempt from facing tough times. We might think that because Moses was following the call of God on his life, he he was being obedient to the Lord and going before Pharaoh with Aaron to ask for the release of the Israelite slaves from captivity so that they could go into the wilderness to worship the living God in freedom. You might think that the way would be made clear because they were being obedient, weren't they? So we might think that Pharaoh would give them exactly what they asked for when they asked for it. But as we saw, that's not quite how the story went. They went before Pharaoh and he point blank refused their request. In fact, he actually issued a decree that made their lives even harder in slavery for the Israelites. And as life gets harder and harder for the Israelites, the people turn against Moses and he hits rock bottom once again. Maybe you can identify with this Moses today. Maybe like Moses, you find yourself in a season of life where your question is, why Lord? Why have you brought trouble on this people? The truth is that just as Moses did when that was his cry, we also can encounter the God who is more than enough when times are tough. We can receive a fresh revelation of his care and kindness, of his attention to detail in our lives, even when circumstances can seem like they're mounting against us. That's been my story throughout the last few months and it continues to be to this day as well. So practically, How can we encounter the God who is more than enough when times are tough? Firstly, by returning. In Exodus 5 verse 22, we're told Moses returned to the Lord. As Steve mentioned, last week Dave shared on how we have a choice either to go in the direction of my way or Yahweh. And in tough times, the temptation can be when we're presented with this choice that we go my way. We, we turn away from God rather than turning aside to him like Moses had before. And we can be tempted to run away instead, to hide and to take our hurt and our disappointment and our pain away with us. We can be tempted to keep God at arm's length and just think, I am all I need. I have to be my own more than enough in this situation. And we can be tempted to think that we need to manage the emotions that come with our situations on our own. But the truth is that we can't. The truth is that in God alone do we find everything we need to walk through tough times. As Moses um, comes back to the Lord, he, he makes this resolve and he returns to the presence of the Lord. And similarly for us, we, we should make a resolve to, in our tough times to turn aside, returning to the Lord and to continually return to the Lord, to continually find refuge in the presence of Yahweh who has promised to be all we need. It's crucial that as we make that turn back to him, we resolve whatever it takes, I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord because that's where my help comes from. Personally, the past few months have looked like having to return and continually return to the Lord, as you might imagine in a situation like what I've walked through. It's looked like, very practically, in times of worship together, making a choice to lift my hands, even when I don't feel like it. It's looked like entering into times of prayer, even when I don't feel like I have a single word to say. And it's looked like continuing to carve out daily devotional times, time to spend with the Lord, and in that space to be 
to be still and to know his goodness, to invite the Holy Spirit to come and to minister to my heart afresh because that's what I need. It's looked like opening up scriptures and meditating on the truth of who the Lord has said he is and who the, the Lord is to me right now and who he will always be because how many of you know that is what makes all the difference? Maybe today... Maybe today, this is a choice for you to make, to return and to continually return to the Lord, to God who is and will be to you more than enough. Maybe today you need to make a choice to turn back towards Yahweh who is infinitely good and whose love for you is abundant, to God who really is our ever-present help in times of need and challenge and difficulty. God's presence with us is his promise to us. His presence with us is his promise to us. And as we continue to encounter the God who is more than enough by returning to his presence over and over and over, even in tough times, we know that we can carry our burdens, our pain, our disappointment to him just as Moses did. So as well as by returning, the second way we can encounter the God who is more than enough in tough times is by remembering. Moses continues on at the end of Exodus chapter 5 by asking the Lord, is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people and you have not rescued your people at all. Do you see what's going on here? Moses seems to have just forgotten a few details, doesn't he? Like that key detail of what he said, what the Lord said to him at the burning bush. And that's caused Moses to lose his perspective. And how many of you know we can be forgetful too? Tough times especially can cause us to forget the loving nature of God. It can cause us to forget the truth of who he is and who he's promised to be to us, that he's promised to be all we need. And it causes us to forget that the Lord's word will never fail. We forget perhaps that in our waiting, when it seems like nothing's going to plan and nothing is happening, that God is working because it's who he is and it's what he does. In order for us to encounter the God who is more than enough, both when circumstances seem like they're mounting against us and, in fact, when life is going fairly well, which may be where you feel you are right now, it is key for us, regardless of where we're at, to remember through thankfulness to come back over and over to the Lord and to remember to remember the promises he's spoken, to remember what he's already done in us and through us and for us, to remember that he is a God who is faithful, that he's the Lord who is the all-sufficient one, that he's purposeful and he's a deliverer. He will bring us through everything we get brought to by the power of the blood of Jesus and the Holy Spirit working in and through us. So do you need to remember again today? Maybe there are some core truths, like some of those I just shared, that you need to get front and center in your life again. Some core truths that you need to maybe put on your mirror or on the fridge or as your background on your phone, just somewhere where you'll see it, every day, throughout the day, to jog your memory. Or maybe for you, you need to come back to a moment, remember a moment where you've encountered the Lord in the past. If you're a follower of Jesus here today, maybe go back to that first moment when you first encountered his love and he changed your life. Remember that first taste of life in all its fullness and what it felt like to realize that you were saved and free and healed. 
And if you've not yet experienced that gift of full and eternal life through Jesus, then there'll be an opportunity for you soon to receive that today. We remember as we return. As Moses returned to the Lord, he remembered. Just a few verses on from this kind of episode at the end of Exodus chapter five, Moses encounters the Lord again. God actually replies to Moses by saying to him the revelation of his name. He repeats the same revelation that he'd given Moses at the burning bush before all of these tough times, before Moses had faced his inadequacy. And the Lord says to him, I am the Lord. Five times over he says, I am the Lord, Yahweh, the God who is more than enough. The truth is we don't just encounter the God who is more than enough in tough times, but we can walk through tough times because God is more than enough. Imagine the significant impact that each of us and all of us together could have if we lived with this confidence in the abundant sufficiency of the Lord who is more than enough. We could be plagued by our doubts that get rooted in our sense of inadequacy or we could be overwhelmed by the reality of tough times, maybe personally or on a national or international level. But as we position ourselves to return to the Lord and to remember his presence, remember every promise he's spoken and remember the truth of who he is over what we are or over what we see and face around us, we really can encounter the God who is more than enough. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that you are the God who is more than enough. And like Moses, we can encounter you in our inadequacy and in the midst of tough times as we position ourselves today, Lord, to return to your presence and to remember who you are and what you've promised. We ask that you would come and you would reveal yourself to us afresh today, that you would be to us who we need you to be. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.